Good morning, everybody. Let's stand and worship the Lord today. Thank you for joining us this morning here at the gathering place. I was buried beneath my shame. And who could carry that kind of weight? It was my tomb till I met you. I was breathing but not alive. All my failures I tried to hide. Yet was my tomb. Till I met you, you called my name, and I ran out of that grave, out of the darkness into your glorious day. You called my name, and I ran out of that grave. into your glorious day now your mercy has saved my soul now your freedom is all that I know the old made new Jesus when I met you you called my name and I ran out of that grave out of the darkness into your glorious day you called my name darkness into your glorious day thank you so much for watching today why don't you share this broadcast let us know where you're watching from we'd love to hear you god bless you this morning i needed rescue my sin was heavy Chains break at the weight of your glory. I needed shelter. I was an orphan. Now you call me a citizen of heaven. When I was broken, you were my healing. Now your love is the air that I'm breathing. I have a future. My eyes are open. Cause when you call my name, darkness into your glorious day oh you called my name and I ran out of that grave and out of the darkness into your glorious day
you, Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We just invite your presence right there in our rooms today, in our living rooms, and wherever we're watching today. Father, we thank you for what you're going to say, what you're going to do. We give you praise and glory, Father. We just want to tell you how great you are this morning. We worship you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, we lift you up. We magnify your name. The splendor of a king, you're clothed in majesty, let all the earth rejoice, all the earth rejoice, he wraps himself in light, and darkness tries to hide, trembles at his voice, Trembles at his voice. How great is our God. Sing with me. How great is our God. All will see how great. How great is our God. And to age he stands and time is in his hands beginning and the end beginning and the end the Godhead three in one the Father, Spirit, Son the Lion and the Lamb the lion and the lamb. Come on, how great! How great is our God. Sing with me, how great is our God. And all will see how great, how great is our God. Come on, he's the name above all names. Help us sing it. And you're the name above all names. You are worthy of all praise. And my heart will sing how great is our God. Come on, how great is our God? And how great is our God. Sing with me how great is our God And all will see how great How great is our God Come on, how great we declare it today How great is our God Sing with me how great is our God and all will see how great, how great is our God. Call us declare he's the name above all names. And you're the name above all names. And you are worthy of all praise. And my heart will sing how great is our God. 
on, don't you believe he's great in your life today? Well, we want to welcome you this morning to church today, church online, ladies and gentlemen. We're back to that, but next week we're going to be right here live from the gathering place in person, meeting online and in the house. And so come back and join us next Sunday for church here in person. It's prophetic Sunday. It's going to be a great day in the Lord. So tell somebody, invite somebody with you. Here in a moment, we're going to go to our announcements. But but before we do, I'd like to pray for those of you that are watching, that are struggling with with, uh, sickness, whatever you're struggling with today. So let's just agree in prayer. Church family across uh, t- across our homes, let's agree together. Father, we thank you right now for each person watching. You know each need that's represented, Father. And we thank you, Father, that you're um, a need-meeting God, Father. And we thank you. You're stepping in in different situations right now. You're healing sick bodies. You're healing uh, 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 diseases. And you're healing uh, frustrations. And you're healing hearts all across uh, our viewing audience today, Father. We thank you that your power is being released through these airwaves, right into their homes. In Jesus' name, amen. I want you to, to, to share this broadcast with someone. Let someone know we're live today. Send somebody a text message that you're thinking about them, and uh, we're going to go to our announcements in a moment. Before we do, I want to remind you of Ephesians 3.20. It says that he's exceedingly able to do anything beyond our imagination, and I want you to get that in your heart. Put that in your spirit and believe God for big things this week. Amen? Amen. All right. We're going to roll the announcements. We'll be right back in just a moment. Good morning, TGP. My name is Pastor John. It is Sunday, December the 27th, and these are your morning announcements. If this is your first time to TGP, welcome. We're so glad that you're here this morning. To learn more about our church family, text the word CONNECT to 409-230-0103. We would love to meet you this week. Today is the last Sunday of the year, and aren't we so thankful for all that God has done for us and through us this year at TGP. Today, we're going to wrap up our Christmas series with a sermon titled, It's a Wonderful Life. Join me New Year's Eve this Thursday for Forward. This online broadcast will be hosted at tgp.church forward slash live, as well as on our Facebook page, TGP Mid-County. You don't want to miss next Sunday. It's the first Sunday of the year, and we're calling it Prophetic Sunday. We're going to declare God's word over the new year. We're going to pray for each other. We're going to have great worship, and it's just going to be a great time. So invite a friend, bring someone with you, and let's kick off the year right in the house of the Lord. There'll be no midweek service this week, but the following week on January the 6th, it will be our very first First Wednesday. That night will consist of dinner at 6 o'clock p.m. and a worship night at 7 o'clock. Bring someone, tell someone about it. We want to invite our entire church family and friends to join us for first Wednesday, January the 6th. Again, dinner will be served at 6 and service will begin at 7. It's going to be a night of worship, communion, prayer. We're going to have a great time together. So be here for that first Wednesday. Here at TGP, we love to give and we want to give you an opportunity to sow into the kingdom of God. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 is one of my favorite scriptures when we give. And if we were to look at verse uh, number 10, it says, The generous God who supplies abundant seed for the farmer, which becomes bread for our meals, even more is extravagant towards you. First, he supplies every need plus more. Then he multiplies the seed as you sow it, so that that harvest of your generosity will grow. You will be abundantly enriched in every way 
as you give generously on every occasion. For when we take your gifts to those in need, it causes many to give thanks to God. And I know so many of you uh, church family and our church friends have given over this year. And we want to say thank you so much for being faithful in your tithes and in your offerings. Of course, you know, you know, we can't do ministry. We can't do what God has called us to do as a church family without tithes and offerings. So thank you so much for being so generous this year in a year where you could have backed off on giving. You didn't. And we want to say thank you so much for that. And, you know, when you give into the kingdom of God, not only does it, does, does the, does the king, our Lord, our Savior, our, our, our master, not only does he, does he supply for your most uh, current significant need, but he adds to it. He always gives more than you can expect. And so I just want to encourage you today, as you give, as you sow, remember that God not only takes care of that need, but he always takes care of other needs as well. So hang on to hope, hang on to the truth of God's word, and I guarantee you, God's going to bless you. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you right now for those that are watching, those that can give and those that can't give. Father, bless them. Bless them. May your favor rest upon them today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to worship just a minute longer. Stand with us and you can sing, Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Holy, holy is He. Sing a new song to Him who sits on heaven's mercy seat. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. With all creation I sing praise to the King of Kings, you are my everything, and I will adore you. Rolls of thunder Blessing and honor, strength and glory and power be To you the only wise King yeah. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty is and is to come. With all creation I sing praise to the King of Kings. You are my everything and I will adore you.
mention of your name Cause Jesus, your name is power Breath and living water Such a marvelous mystery is to come with all creation I sing praise to the King of Kings you are my everything and I will adore you holy 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 is the Lord God Almighty was and is and is to come with all creation i sing praise to the king of kings you are my everything and i will adore you the Lord. Thank you so much for being a part of the worship service today. Here in a moment, you're going to hear a word from my mom. She's bringing the word this morning. We're concluding our uh, Christmas at the Movies series today. It's just going to be a great word from the Lord. I know you're going to be blessed, so stay tuned. Let us know where you're watching from. If you're on Facebook, just drop a comment. Let us know where you're watching from today. If you have a prayer request, a prayer praise report, let us know that too. We'd love to pray with you and hear what God is doing in your life. And so, again, I want to remind you, we're back in service next Sunday for Prophetic Sunday, so don't miss it. And uh, no further ado, let's welcome my mom as she comes to deliver today's message from God's Word. Hello. Thank you all for joining us today. We're going to be concluding our segment on Christmas at the movies. We've had a good time. We've uh, shared from The Grinch and also from the movie Elf. And some people are asking, why in the world are y'all doing stuff like that? Why are you showing movies? Why are you showing clips and, and having scripture with the movie clips? And I'll tell you why we do that. As you read in the Word, you'll see where Jesus used parables to explain matters of life. And with those parables, we could see our lives and our future. And in a lot of cases, we see our past. We can learn biblical truths from the storylines of many Christmas and other popular movies. So today we're going to conclude with what the American Film Institute has said is the number one inspirational movie. Well, who are you? I told you, George, I'm your guardian angel. What is it you want, Mary? You, you want the moon? Just say the word and I'll throw a lasso around it and pull it down. Welcome home, Mr. Bailey. Santa Mandel hogwash. I wish I had a million dollars. Mr. and Mrs. Martini, welcome home. This is what I wished for. You see, George, you really had a wonderful life. Merry Christmas! Look, Daddy, 
Today's movie is A Wonderful Life. You know, Jesus tells us that he came to give us life. But he didn't want to just give us life. The word says he wants to give it to us more abundantly. And that means he wants us to have a wonderful life. I want to look at the scripture real quick. I want to go uh, to the burning bush experience uh, in Exodus chapter 3, where Moses uh, heard from the Lord through a burning bush. Exodus chapter 3, verse 7 says, The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. No matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, God is always very familiar with your suffering. He's familiar familiar with your pain. Just like he was familiar with the suffering of the children of Israel, he knew what they were going through. He knew their pain. He knew their anguish. He knew he knew that they were hungry, he knew that they were weary, and he knows that we're that way too. You know, we needed a Savior. So Father God sent Jesus, a baby. Why was he sent as a baby? Because he needed to feel everything that we felt. He needed to know what we went through. He needed to feel our sorrow. He needed to feel our pain. And through that, he, he was able to feel every little pain, every little, he felt every scar, he wore every scar, he, he knew everything that we were going to go through because he already went through it. He understands our pains, he understands our burdens, he understands our worries, he understands when we're lonely, he understands when we're angry. He understands it all, and he came down for us. He is the one true God. He is the only one that can come and carry us through our pain, our sorrows, our weaknesses. Exodus 3, 8 says, so I have have come down to rescue them. God the Father came down in the form of a baby to rescue us. Yes, to rescue you and me because we were worthy of that rescue. He wanted to deliver the children of Israel from the Egyptians. He wants to deliver us out of our bondage. Now, Egyptian translated means bondage. No matter what our bondage may be, it may be anger, it may be food, it may be depression. It may be drugs, alcohol, porn, uh, anything. It may be the spirit of lying. Any of that is bondage. I want you to know that you are delivered. When you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have been delivered. You are free. And we have to learn to walk in that freedom, to walk in that. You know, when the children of Israel were under the the slavery of the Egyptians. That was their picture of slavery. That was slavery and death. 
You and I were born slaves to sin. But once we've accepted Jesus into our hearts, we don't have to live with that sin any longer. We all have weaknesses and we all are vulnerable in some areas, but we don't have to live in that. We all have an enemy who is not God. And that enemy tries to come in to rule and reign in our lives. And it's up to us with the authority that we've been given. God the Father, through Jesus Christ, has given it to us that we can be free. We can be free of any bondage that there is. Satan comes in with his sin. In Exodus, the children of Israel, their sin, their bondage was through the Egyptians. So the rest of that scripture, uh, 3, 7, and 8, this is the ending of verse 8, it says that he came to bring them up out of the land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and with honey. And it goes on to say it's the home of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, and that. But what God is saying is that he's come down to deliver us from a power that we can't deliver ourselves from. And we don't need to try to deliver ourselves from it. He came down and he set us free. But we have to believe it. We have to believe it and we have to trust in him. He says that he will send us into a land of milk and honey. It means it'll be better. It'll be more sweeter than we could ever imagine. Plain and simple, it means that we will have a good life or a wonderful life. Every one of us has the power to choose. We can choose to be in the land of the Egyptians. That's the land of the not-so-wonderful life. Or we can choose to be over in the wonderful life, the wonderful life with Jesus Christ. You know, George Bailey in this movie wanted to travel. He uh, wanted to see the world. He ended up always giving up his dreams. He gave him up for his brother who wanted to, who went on to the military. He gave it up for his father. He always gave his dreams away. Maybe you feel that way sometimes. Like you're, you're always putting your stuff aside for to help someone else. George even gave away his money, his wedding money. He married his sweetheart and he gave his money that he had saved for their honeymoon, he gave it to save the building alone and loan company, which was his father's, that his uncle Billy was now running because his father passed away. But let's go back to when he was a young man, a young boy. He had a brother who um, much young, was much younger than George was, and they all, he and uh, some of his friends went off skating in a pond, which, like little boys, they probably weren't supposed to be skating in that pond because it was probably not completely iced over. Well, his brother Harry followed him out there, and he wanted to get out there and skate fast just like George did. So he got out there, and he was skating and skating. He, he couldn't stop the skates, and he was screaming, screaming, George, help me, help, help me. And all of a sudden, Harry, George turns around, and he sees his brother Harry just fell through the ice. 
George saved him. He jumped in that icy water and saved him, but in that process, he lost hearing in one of his ears. All he wanted was a wonderful life for his brother Harry, and he paid for that with his own hearing. And years on down, he didn't travel. He didn't go to college because he wanted Harry to go to college. So he stayed to help the family. And then when George was working in a pharmacy, he wanted his boss to have such a wonderful life. He loved the, far- the owner of the pharmacy. He loved him so much. And he noticed that his boss wasn't very happy. His boss was a pharmacist. And he called George. The pharmacist called him in. And he said, George, I want you to take this medicine to so-and-so. Well, George was watching the- his boss mixed the medication and by accident he gave the poison instead of the medication he put it in the bottle and he said George you go take it go go and when uh George saw what happened he kept trying to say you know he can't he can't take the medicine because it's not good but the pharmacist wouldn't listen to him wouldn't believe him so George took off and he took his time and when he got back his boss was on the phone uh, with one of his customers. He said, well, he should have already been there. And when George walked in the room, the pharmacist was so angry. He said, where have you been, George? Where have you been? Why didn't you? And then George said, but you put the wrong medicine in, in the container. You would have killed him. And then when the pharmacist saw that, he broke down. And what had happened is George knew that the man's son was just killed in action. And he was distraught, and he wasn't thinking. So George saved that man from killing someone with the medication that he had prepared. You know, all he wanted was the man to be happy. He was brokenhearted because the man was sad because he lost his son. And he kept telling him, it'll be all right. Everything's going to be okay. You know, it's going to be okay. And after that, the next thing that happened is George's dad, the owner of the building and loan company in uh, the town they lived in, he dies. He has a stroke. So once again, George steps in to save the building and loan. And he just kept putting himself first and putting himself first. And sometimes you may feel like you keep putting yourself first. And where does it get you? Keep doing it. Don't stop. What happened is George wanted his hometown of Bedford Falls. He wanted everyone there to have a wonderful life. But there was an old Grinch in that town. His name was Mr. Potter. He could care less about people. All he cared about it was money and what it could buy him. He was rich, and he wanted to shut George's business down. George wanted to keep the building and loan open, and he wanted to help those that were too poor to get a regular bank loan so they could own their own home. He wanted everyone to have a wonderful life. That was the life of George Bailey. Most of this movie isn't filled with a wonderful life. It's really, really kind of sad in some parts. But it tells a story of life, of what each of us go through. I, I had a dream for my family. I wanted my children 
to have a wonderful life. I've wanted them to have things that I never could give them as a single mother. I wanted them to have a full life filled with love, and I wanted them to have children and own their own homes and businesses, and for them to just be happy all the time. And that's why I have prayed for them and prayed for them. But you know what? Life is crazy. They've had their hurts. They've had their problems. But through it all, we've made it through. We've made it through all the curveballs that have come into life. God has been with them. I've trusted God with their life, but it hasn't all been happy. George um, went through a very unexpected time in his life. He was married, and uh, he was trying to save the building and loan. And the clip that you're about to see is where George has found out that $8,000 was missing from, a ba- from their bank account. It was the last bit of money that the company had, and George's uncle had gone to make the deposit, and he misplaced the $8,000. Because the $8,000 wasn't deposited in the account, that mean old Mr. Potter was going to shut down the building and loan and put them out of business and evict all the people that George had tried to save over the years. He had tried to help over the years. George thought that money was important, but now it was gone. He had no no money at all. He, he, had, he had no way to get any. His whole attitude turned, and the spirit of change began in his life. His world was turned upside down, and he felt that everything was crumbling around him. His mind began filled with crazy thoughts, even crazy thoughts about the people he loved. You know, maybe today you feel like George. You feel like, hey, everybody's happy because we just went through Christmas. It's a new year starting, and we're supposed to be having this great, big, wonderful life. But you want to look at me and you want to say, you don't know what I'm going through. You've never been what I've been through. You don't know the pain. You don't know my bills. You don't. You you just don't know. He, and you think life is supposed to be wonderful? Let me tell you, life is the pits for me. Yes, you feel like George Bailey. Hello, darling. Hello, Daddy. Hello, Daddy. How do you like it? Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Did you bring the wreath? Yes, Daddy. Did you bring the Christmas wreath? What wreath? Well, that's the Merry Christmas wreath. What's it for the window? No, I left it at the office. Is it snowing? Yeah, it just started. Well, where's your coat and hat? I left them at the office. What's the matter? Nothing's the matter. Everything's all right. I had 50 calls today about the parade, the banquet. Your mother's so excited. Must she keep playing that? 
breakfast set for the party tonight, Daddy. Mom said we could stay up till midnight and sing Christmas carols. Can you sing, Daddy? Better hurry and shave. The families will be here soon. Family? I, I don't want the families over here. Come on out in the kitchen with me while I finish dinner. Scoopy! Scoopy! Have a hectic day? Oh, yeah. Another big red-letter day for the babies. Daddy, the Browns next door have a new car. You should see it. Well, what's the matter with our car? Isn't it good enough for you? Yes, Daddy. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse you for what? I burped. All right, tell me your excuse. Now go on upstairs and see if little Zuzu wants anything. Zuzu? Well, what's the matter with Zuzu? Oh, she's got a cold. She's in bed. Caught it coming home from school. They gave her a flower for a prize, and she didn't want to crush it, so she didn't button up her coat. What is it, sore throat or what? Just the cold. The doctor says it's not. The doctor? Serious. Was the doctor here? Yes, I called him right away. He said it's nothing to worry Is she about. running at temperature? What is that? Just a teensy one. 99.6. She'll be all right. Of course, it's this old house. I, I don't know why we don't all have pneumonia. The drafty old barn up the place. Might well be living in a refrigerator. Why do we have to live here in the first place and stay around this measly, crummy old town? George, what's wrong? Wrong everything, George. You call this a happy family. Why do we have to have all these kids? Dad, how do you spell hallelujah? How should I know? What do you think I am, a dictionary? Tommy, stop that. Stop it. Janie, haven't you learned that silly tune yet? You play it over and over again. Now stop it. Stop it. What's the matter with everybody? Janie, go on. I told you to practice. Now go on, play. Oh, Daddy. <laughs> George, why must you torture the children? Why don't you? Mary. Man. How many of our houses have been like that when we are so tired, we have so many things on our mind, and our kids are yelling, they're screaming, they want to play, they're excited because we're home, and, and some of them are just acting like little monkeys, just jumping everywhere, jumping on the furniture, pulling on you, and they're hungry, they want to eat, and you're like, just leave me alone. But you know, that we see George Bailey's house with all his children that just wanted to love on him. They were decorating the tree. The wife was talking. They they wanted a little bit of attention, but they didn't understand that that day was the worst day of George Bailey's life because he could lose everything. 
They could all become homeless. All the pressure and the stress was taken off over George's life. What he saw is real life for many people today. The pressures of life can almost be unbearable at times. George felt the pressure of money. How many of us have felt that before? I'm sure all of us have. The money that we need to provide for our families. But George felt it wasn't just the money to provide for his family, but to provide for the whole town, because that was the whole town's money. Stress and burdens begin to affect his life. They affect his thought life, and his thoughts begin to change him. And now everything he loved, he begins to hate. He hates his house. He hates his town. He kicks over a table, and he yells at his daughter who's playing the piano. He yells at her to stop playing that song over and over. What about you? Have you ever been taken over? about a little spirit like that, a spirit of anger, a spirit of pain, a spirit of loss. You felt the burden of frustration, the burden of anger. It's the battle in your brain. You know, the Word of God tells us to capture our thoughts. We have to keep our thoughts captive, and we have to line our thoughts up with the Word. He wasn't doing that. He was seeing loss. He was seeing pain. He was seeing frustration. He was seeing fear. What makes you lash out at your loved ones? What causes you to inflict pain on the most important people in your life? Is it stress? Finances? Is it your job? You know, some of us can't forgive. Some of us carry pain and hurt so deep that we can't forgive. We can't even forgive our children sometimes. And we carry that. We can't forgive some of our family members. We can't forgive friends. We can't forgive parents. I hope that by the time we're through here today that you'll be able to change your heart and you will forgive and you will lay it down at the feet of Jesus and move forward. You can't continue to live with that burden of anger and pain. You'll never be able to move forward. Take it from me. I know the hurt. The whole root of this movie is that George's world is collapsing, not because of the finances and the stress of work, but now he's got his wife in the heat of everything saying, George, George. Why don't you do this? George, why don't you do that? And I'm sure, like many of us would be thinking, why don't I do what? I've done all I can do. What do you want me to do now? Do you have any good ideas? And you tell me what they are. Do you want me to leave? Uh, Do you want me out of the house? Do you want me to quit? What? Do do you want us to, to divorce? What do you want? Where do you want me to go? And if we're honest, if we're honest right now, we've all been there. I know I have. I've been there more than one time. And the pain 
is like a knife that just cuts your heart. Well, we don't want to do that anymore, do we? George is battling with an image of himself. He sees himself as a failure. It's not George's wife image of him of a, of a, as a husband, but it's the image that George sees of himself. When you look into a mirror, what do you see? Do you see God's creation or do you see a failure? Did you know that our image, the image that we have of ourselves, will affect our relationship with others? It will. It does. I've seen it happen to me. And I've seen it happen to other of my friends that I love dearly. What we think of ourselves affects everything in our lives. So I'm going to ask you today, what do you think of you? If you don't understand what God thinks about you, if you don't understand what the people who love you the most think about you, one day you're going to do just like George and say, that's it. I'm done. I'm gone. You're better off without me. Been there. I've said that. My family can tell you that I have. When you feel like you're at the depths of despair that you just can't pick up one foot in front of the other and walk forward when you can't even pick up a pen and write a note when you can't go to a mirror and look at yourself and say God loves you you are loved you are needed you are special it's time to stop Call someone to pray for you and hit your knees and repent and ask the Holy Spirit to come in and cleanse your heart and make your heart new. Come on, people. We're going into a new year, a new year, and that new year has more promise than than we're leaving behind. What we're leaving behind is a year that has been crazy, as we all know. It's been filled with sickness. It's been filled with anger. But Jesus has been there with you. He's been holding your hand even when you didn't see it. I've lost so many friends this year. My friends have lost family members. I'm so proud of them. They have picked up their pants, their boots by the bootstrap, however they say it, and they're moving forward. Yeah, they have a lot of pain, but they're moving forward. Because they have to. And you can too. Allow Jesus to come into your heart. Allow him to come in and help you. Call someone to pray with you. Attend a Bible study. Lord, I'm getting off on my soapbox. Let me get back. George goes and he looks for his uh, life insurance policy. And he begins to convince himself he's better off dead. Because dead, his family can have the life insurance policy and live on and not have to worry about their bills. And truthfully, that's the number one reason people commit suicide today, thinking that when they die, their loved ones can have the money off the insurance policy. 
But what they don't realize is some of those insurance policies will not pay if death is by suicide. And maybe they don't kill themselves, but they commit suicide to their marriages, suicide to their dreams. Has that happened to you where you put your dreams aside, you put your marriage aside, you put your children aside? Don't go around thinking like George did that your family is going to be better off without you because I promise you they won't. What do we do then when we find ourselves in a spot like what George Bailey was in? Where we walk out into the streets and we're wondering, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Israel Israel found themselves doing that in Exodus 3. They found themselves saying, God, we need you. We need you. Do you hear us, God? And he did. He heard them and he answered their prayers. And that is what changed George's life. It's what changed him from a wild, crazy life. It changed it to a wonderful life. Christmas. Glad you come. How about some of that good spaghetti? We got everything. You know, it's one thing for Christ to have come down to earth, but it's another thing for us to connect with him once he's here. How can we do that? It's called prayer. It's called calling on him. George said, God, I don't pray enough. I don't have the right words. I'm not even a praying man, God. I'm at the end of my rope. How many of us have said that? I'm at the end of my rope. You know what? At the end of that rope, there's a knot. In most of them, there's a little knot. Do you know that you can untie that little knot? Even uh, a rope has little uh, frays. Do you know you can pull on that fray and it'll extend that rope out some? So you're never at the end of a rope. Where was George when he was praying, remember? Remember? He was at Mr. Martini's bar. He was in there praying. Have you ever had a martini? And you're sitting there and you're looking at that olive. And you're saying, God, I need to stop drinking. I need your help. I don't even know if you're listening because I'm really not a praying person. Sometimes, yeah, I just love my gin. I love my vodka. Are you there, God? Do you hear me? You know, let me tell you a little bit. You know, you don't have to pray the perfect prayer. 
And prayers don't have to be prayed in a church only. Prayers can be prayed from your car. They can be prayed in a bar if you want to get out of that situation. They can be prayed at work. You can be praying in your grocery store. You might be in the middle of an affair right now and you think that's the last place I want to pray. That's the last place I want to ask God to help me. He's not going to help me because of what I'm doing. Let me tell you something. Prayer is the first thing that you need to do. Because wherever you are, you might be in the middle of an affair, but that's your dark place today. That's your dark place. Like Jonah, when he was swallowed up in the belly of the whale, that was his dark place. Don't sit there in your dark place. Jonah, too, tells us that while he was in the belly of that whale, he was wrapped up in seaweed and nasty stomach stuff. But he prayed. And all that nasty, yucky stuff in that belly, he still prayed. It makes no difference where you are. God will hear you. Reach up to him. Reach up. Ask him, God, help me. Help me, Lord. I need your I can't do it without you. I need you. You know, I remember one month where it was every day I was saying, God, I can't go farther. I can't do it anymore. Please help me. Help me. Are you there? It makes no difference how horrible of the places that you're in. It, it might You might be in a bad financial place. It may be a bad physical place. It may be a bad spiritual or mental place. You might be in a place like Jonah that's full of nastiness. You know, you may be walking by a store, and you can see this on the TV. And you may be all doped up with drugs or something. You haven't had a bath in a few weeks, and you're hungry. That's kind of a nasty place. That makes no difference. It makes no difference because he loves you. He loves you so much. He doesn't care how you smell. He doesn't care how you look. He's looking at your heart. Reach up to him today. You know, God always will hear your cry. But we've got to learn how to connect with him. And it starts with prayer. It starts with, God, please save me. I Save me. I need you. Your prayers don't have to be long. A lot of the prayers in the Bible aren't very long at all. Many of them are as simple as help. Help. And you don't have to pray eloquently. You don't have to use these or those. It's You can just say, Lord, I need you. I'm in a bad, bad place right now. I'm in a really bad place. You might be sitting in a jail cell. God, I need to get out of here. I need to get out, Lord. Please help me. Show me what I need to do. Some of us might be intimidated in prayer that you don't even want to pray before your meals. All you have to do is thank you, Lord, for this food. Bless it. Sanctify it. Return it as nourishment, Father. Thank you. Thank you for this food on this plate. Don't think that your prayers are stupid. God never hears a stupid prayer. 
He wants to have a relationship with you. The simplest prayers are the most beautiful prayers to him. When we say, I love you, God. I love you. Oh, his heart gets so full. Remember, they don't have to be eloquent prayers. It just needs to come from your heart. You don't have to be a professional prayer person either. The definition of religion is a professional. When you feel like we've become pros at God, like we have it all figured out, like we've arrived, hmm, you haven't arrived. You've taken three steps backwards. What does a pro know? Hmm. They know everything. How many know we don't know everything about God? There's still much more to learn. Even Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament, says he wants to know God more. We don't know everything about God. Even when we get to heaven, we're not going to know everything about him. So there's no reason why we can't start learning now. When a church becomes religious, they become professionals. They think they know everything there is to know about God. They've gone as far as they can go. They've experienced it all because they think they know it all. When you get to the point where you think you can't learn anything, you have a problem. And when you become professionals, you become predictable. A professional church is a predictable church. I never want to have the spirit of professionalism, but I do want a spirit of excellence. And those are two different things. We don't want to be professional pastors. I never want to be to the point that I think I have it all figured out where I'm a know-it-all. I always want to be aware that no matter how well I know God, that there is still so much more to know. Here's some more good news. You don't need a professional to pray for you. (laughs) Timothy tells us in the Bible that we have someone who prays for us already. His name is Jesus, and he's sitting at the right hand of God right now, praying for you and for me. And all you need to do is call on him and come to Christ, and your prayers are heard. A prayer from your heart is much more effective over your life than prayers of a professional clergyman. Prayer makes for perspiration or tears. When Jesus was facing the cross, he prayed in the garden, and he sweated great drops of blood. Hebrews 6, 7 tells us that Jesus prayed with loud cries and tears. Uh, Hebrews 5, 7, the New Living Translation says, While Jesus was here on earth, he offered prayers and pleadings with a loud cry and tears to the one who could rescue him from death. And God heard his prayers because of his deep reverence for God. 
Jesus was groaning and he was interceding to the Father. Tears are perspiration beads from the heart. Have you ever been there? Have you ever cried so much that you had your a sweaty brow and it was falling down? Have you ever prayed so much that you actually had tears coming down that you were crying? Were your tears praying for you? There are times in life where our prayers are manifested in our tears. Prayer takes effort. So, you know, don't get me wrong about this. It requires work on our part to connect with job. We have with God. We have to take that step forward to connect with him. We can't just say, "Okay, here I am, God. Let's hook up." No, you can't do that. We don't work to get close to God, but we have to pray. We have to do our part to draw close to him. You have to at least say, God, I'm here. Will you join me? So, how does God come down? How does God the Father come down to meet us? He came down through Christ. He came through that baby that was born in in a manger. He came down as God. He was Emmanuel, God with us. When you see Jesus, you see God. Not a God or a type of God, not an image or an example of God, but you see God. God the Father. Jesus Christ is God, and there's only one God. There are a lot of people out there in the world today crying out to their gods with a little G. And it was because of that that Christ was crucified. He wasn't killed because he was a good example of God. He was killed because he said, I am God. He said, when you see me, you see the Father. God came down to earth through Christ. Isaiah 9 was the great Christmas prophecy. Isaiah 9, verse 6 through 7, New International Version says, For to us, to us, to each of us, a child is born. To us, a Savior is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Man can't do that. Man can't build the church. The zeal of the Lord will build it. Doesn't all of that sound good? I could use a counselor. (laughs) How about you? And the great thing about this counselor is he doesn't charge you anything. He's free. And he's ready, willing, and able. God hears your prayers and he hears your cries. God comes down through our problems. Here's a new way to look at your problems. 
your problems like George Bailey's was the beginning of something new. God uses problems to birth a change in your life. Many of you are looking at me right now thinking that I'm crazy. You're probably thinking, keep your new beginning. I'm sick of my problems. Here's what Paul said about his problems and issues. 2 Corinthians 12, verses 8 through 10. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Paul asked the Lord three times to take the problem away. But God didn't take the problem away. Instead, God said in the midst of your problem, my grace is sufficient for you. So in the midst of Paul's problem, he learned about grace. He learned something about God. God was in the problem. Whatever problem you may be facing today, it may be a money problem. Just like George, we may start yelling at our kids. We may start yelling at our spouse. We start tearing apart the house. We start telling people how much we hate them. And they're the ones we love the most. But it's in that problem where God is. And he's like this. His arms are open to receive you, to love you, to hold you, to lead you forward. The third way that God comes down to us, he comes down in the supernatural. When Jesus was leaving the earth, he said, I've got to go. I've got to get out of here. But I'm going to send back to you the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is going to be able to do some supernatural things through you even greater things than me. I believe in a supernatural God. Another definition of religion is a life that says it's with God, but it's without the supernatural. It's a form of godliness, but denies the power. We have access to God's supernatural power. God wants to do supernatural things in our life. Let me tell you, me and my children were in an accident when they were they were uh, teenagers. And we were turning left. We got had the green light. The other cars were stopped. And we turned, and a car passed the red light and hit us. We were in a little bitty spectrum, a little bitty car. And witnesses said that our car flew up in the air and it turned about three times. And all of a sudden it looked like something grabbed it and set it four tires down very gently on the ground. That was a supernatural God. I believe that God sent angels supernaturally to us to save us. Because we could have been very 
seriously hurt. Wow, I hadn't thought about that in a while. There are things that have happened over and over in our lives. I remember that one of my sons was just so very sick, and uh, the fe- he had a horrible fever. We couldn't get the fever down, so his brother went and got the neighbors to come over, and we all laid hands on my son, and, and we prayed. They prayed in the Spirit, and they laid hands on me, and within, within an hour, he was, he was better. He wasn't red from fever. He, nothing we did could get, him, could get him well. He was just a very, very sick little boy. And uh, when we prayed, something supernatural happened. What happened to George Black Bailey happens to us. You know, God has a plan. And he, he, we may not be aware of the plan, but he is. It happens to us a lot more than we think. We need money in the bank account we need food we need you know we we need a job we need vehicles everything that's happened to george bailey and his reactions to what happened it happens to us we do the same thing we react the same way and if we're honest with ourselves and we look back at things we will see that it really does hebrews 13 verses 1 and 2 says Keep on loving each other as brothers and sisters. Don't forget to show hospitality to strangers. For some who have done this have entertained angels without realizing it. In the movie, we find George standing on the side of a bridge. He's ready to commit suicide and he's ready to end it all. For what? Because of money? Because of failure? Because of hardship? Because a misplaced $8,000 deposit sent his business into a tailspin. He's convinced everyone would be far better without him. He has a life insurance policy worth $15,000 in his pocket, and he's ready to end it all. Then God sends an angel named Clarence. Watch this. happened to fall in. I didn't fall in. I jumped in to save George. You what? To save me? Well, I did, didn't I? You didn't go through with it, did you? Go through with what? Suicide. Oh, it's against the law to commit suicide around here. Yeah, it's against the law where I come from, too. Well, where do you come from? 
heaven. You know, I think we experience a lot more of heaven here on earth than we realize. There's a lot more heavenly power going on than we can see. And the problem is, many of us just don't believe it. We're convinced we're the captain of our own ship. You know, maybe that's why our ships begin to sink sometimes. The whole time you're stressing, you're freaking out, you're depressed, you're ready to end it. Do you know what God's trying to do? He's trying to save you. I love it when Clarence says, I jumped in to save you. I've got news for you. God jumped into this world to save us. I believe God has been supernaturally working in your life. He's been behind the scenes doing things we have no idea. He wouldn't be here if it weren't for those things. We have things that we can't handle. That's why he has to jump in. We have a supernatural God who wants to do supernatural things in your life. He has all the power we need through his Holy Spirit. God's like the Energizer Bunny. You know that little bunny? He never runs out of power. He's not like, all that OT stuff really wore me out. Now, the NT, the New Testament. (laughs) Gee, are you kidding me? I'm poop. No power left in me. That's not our God. He didn't care what happened in the Old Testament. He was still there. He wasn't too tired to help in the New Testament, and he's still not too tired to help. Despite what many would love to believe, God's power did not stop with the apostles. His power is still alive and well. He comes down in our brokenness. When he shows up in your brokenness, it will be the greatest experience you've ever had. I'm talking when you are Humpty Dumpty, broken down and you can't put the pieces back together again type broken psalm 34 18 says the lord is close to the brokenhearted he rescues those whose spirits are crushed we read in exodus 3 that god heard the cries of his people who were broken remember the children of israel were broken It took 430 years for them to get to that place of brokenness. God, we don't want to go around 430 years in brokenness, do you? I don't. I want it over with. When God hears our cries out of the brokenness, he runs to us. When you cry to God out of brokenness, he's going to run to you. George Bailey finally came to the place of brokenness. And brokenness is very painful for us. But it's the most beautiful place we can be in the eyes of God. That is when he can begin to work in you. Watch this. Clarence! Clarence! Help me, Clarence! Get me back! Get me back. I don't care what happens to me. Get me back to my wife and kids. Help me, Clarence, please. Please. 
I want to live again. I want to live again. I want to live again. Please, God, let me live again. You know, George Bailey was crying. I don't care what happens to me. I just want to get back to my family, my wife, my kids. I just want my family. You know, brokenness is when we get to the point when we say, I don't care what happens to me anymore because it's not about me. It's about you, God. It's not me. It's you. You are the one. Honestly, brokenness is a hard message for someone to share. It's easy to just think about ourselves and make life about us, but it's harder than this to preach. It's a way harder to live. Brokenness is when you get to the point where sometimes you feel like you just can't breathe. You've been crying so much and you're just so tired. It's, I give up. You cry uncle, you know, and that's when God comes in. As we wrap this message up, when we get near to the end of life, when you think about heaven, what do you think about? You might be thinking about eternal life. That's what most of us would think about. But who do we think about? More than thinking about what when it comes to heaven, I think about who. Who's going to be there? Who am I going to see? The older I get, the more I realize God comes down to people. Life is about people. Life is about relationships, first with God, then with others. In this movie, we see George Bailey. He didn't have the money to replace the missing 8,000. He didn't have the resources. Oh, but God did. And God supplied his needs through people. It's the church. Clarence, his angel, tells him, I'm not going to give you any money. Money's no good in heaven. But now watch what happens in George's life. Watch what God can do in your life when you believe. Watch this. Yay! Hello, Bedford Falls! Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas, George! Merry Christmas, George! Merry Christmas, movie home! Merry Christmas, Emporium! Merry Christmas, you wonderful old building alone! Hey! Merry Christmas, Mr. Potter! Happy New Year to you! In jail! Go on home, they're waiting for you! <laughs> Mr. Bank Examiner? How Mr. Bailey, there's a deficit. I know, $8,000. George, I've got a little paper. I'll bet it's a warrant for my arrest. Isn't it wonderful? I'm going to jail. Merry Christmas. Reporters, where's Mary? Mary? Oh, look at this wonderful old drafty house. Mary? 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 Have you seen my wife? Mary? 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 Daddy? Kids? Pete? Tommy! Oh, look at you. 
Oh, I could eat you up. <laughs> Where's your mother? She went looking for you. With Uncle she... Billy. Daddy! Zozo, Zozo, my little ginger snap. How do you feel? Fine. Not a smidge of temperature. Not a smidge of temperature. <laughs> ah, hallelujah. Hello. George. George, Mary. darling, where are you? George, darling, where are you? Oh, George, darling, George, 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 uh, now you stand right over here by the tree. Uh, right there. And don't move. Don't move. What's happening? Wow. Oh, I hear them coming yeah. now. George, it's a miracle. It's a miracle. Who's gonna come, Daddy? Daddy? Come in, Uncle Billy. Everybody in here. George. Mary did it, George. Mary did it. She told yeah. some people you were in trouble with it. They scattered all over town collecting money. Didn't ask any questions. Just said, George, in trouble. And tell me you didn't ever saw anything uh, like it. Spread like fair. Another run on the bank? Here you are, George. Merry Christmas. There we are. The line farms on the right. close we see how God was at work through the people of the town to help George do you know what God has given you and he's given me he's given us a wonderful life he's given us the people sitting right next to you he's given you your neighbors he's given you your family and that's a wonderful life, to have people that love you, people that care for you. You know, a lot of people think it's about money, it's about fame, it's about power, it's about what I have, what you can't have. 
it's not about that and it's not about winning. Life isn't about the losses and the wins. It's about the people that we have in our lives. That's what George finally realized. It was all about the people that God had brought into his life. It was about the supernatural power that God was working with in his life. And just like that, the need was met. And I just want to take a moment right now and let you know and encourage you and tell you your needs are going to be met as well. Because God's always faithful. God's always true to his word. He always performs miracles. And I don't know what you're facing this morning. I don't know what your, your family's facing. I don't know what's going on in your life. But I do know that God knows everything. And he's going to step in today. I want to pray for you. We're going to sing a song here in a moment. But I want to pray for you. And if you're watching today, you can say, Pastor John, I need I need. There's specific needs that I have, my family has, my business has, my ministry has, and I just need someone to agree with me. Let's do that right now. I know many of you are watching on uh, uh, different social media platforms. If um, you're watching on our website, you can email me at connect at tgp.church. Send me your prayer requests. You can drop a comment there on Facebook if you're on Facebook. YouTube, you can comment there as well. We're going to agree right now for every person that's watching that God, that this is going to be your significant suddenly moment where God power steps in and does what only his power can do. Let's pray. Father, right now in Jesus' name, I thank you for everyone that's watching today. We lift up every need, every everything to you right now, the, the, the needs that are known and unknown across our church family and and through our friends. Father, I thank you that you're stepping in right now and you are causing uh, uh, things to shake loose. You're causing your favor to shake loose into areas of people's lives that they've, that there's been a delay, where there's been a, a heartbreak, where there, wherever there's been some sort of setback. Father, you're coming and you're you're causing us to come back in this new season. And as we close 2020, Father, I thank you, Lord, that we're not going to look at the past. We're not going to be, uh, our past is not going to define us, but we're going to look into the future with hope, trusting you, believing you, knowing that you're working all things for our good. So right now, I want you to take a moment. If you're holding on to something that you need to let go of, just do that right where you are. Don't go into this new year holding on to grudges and offenses and things of that nature. Just let them go. Let it all go. Let it all be washed in the blood of the lamb. Let God heal your heart. Let him renew your mind. That's what today is about. Just like George Bailey, he had a, a, a breakdown. He had a moment where, where, where he didn't trust anybody. He had to get this bill paid, and he knew that he couldn't do it. He needed a supernatural intervention of God. And that's what God's doing right now. He's intervening in your, on your behalf right now. He's stepping in right where you are. So father, we just love you. We thank you Lord for significant suddenlies from, uh, miracle moments to be released right now through these airwaves to your people. Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for it. We just, we have faith. We believe we trust you today in Jesus name. Amen. Now, again, if you're watching, go ahead and send us a prayer request at connect at tgp.church. We'd love to pray with you. Comment below. Let us know how we can pray for you. I want to give you an opportunity once more today to, to sow a seed, 
to give this morning. And um, you can text the word give to 936-261-8142. We appreciate all of you that have given over this year. It's been a rough year, tough year, but God has remained faithful. Thank you for remaining faithful in your tithes and your offerings. I know God is richly blessing you, has blessed you, and will continue to bless you. The favor of God rests upon you. He's with you. And just get that in your spirit, get that in your heart, and know. Again, you can give at tgp.church forward slash give or text the word give to 936-261-8142. Or you can, or you can drop your check off here at the church. You can slide it right through the door, and that's a safe way as well. We'll pick it up this week. We're going to sing a song um, to end today's service. Thank you again so much for being a part of our worship experience today. We'll be back here next Sunday at 1030. We're going to pray together at 10 a.m. and then 1030 we'll start our service. And so come expecting God to do something great. He's going to move very powerfully next week. We're going to pray for everybody. We're just going to have a good time in the Lord. And once you join us if you're in your uh, living room, you can stand or be ready to receive. We're going to sing this song together. You know it. Sing it along with us called The Blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace.
the thousand generations in your family and your children and their children and their children may his favor be upon you and a thousand generations in your family and your children come on receive their it children and their children may his presence go before you and behind you and beside you all around you and within you he is with you he is with you in the morning in the evening in your coming and your going you're weeping and rejoicing he is for you 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 presence go before you and behind you and beside you all around you within you he is with you he is with you in the morning in the evening in your coming and your going in your weeping and rejoicing he is for you he is for you he is for you Come on, aren't you glad about that today? We want to thank you again so much for watching. We love you. God bless you. May you have a faith-filled week full of God's favor upon you this week. In Jesus' name, amen. We'll see you next time.